About one in four federal employees are veterans, spouses of veterans, or reservists. The Interagency Veterans Advisory Council, with 125 agencies participating, tracks veteran federal employee issues. Its most recent annual report had a couple of recommendations. Joining me in studio with more, the council chairman from the Small Business Administration, Lloyd Calderon. Mr. Calderon, good to have you with us. Good morning. Good to be here, Tom. Thank you. And just review basically what the Interagency Veterans Advisory Council does, what it's all about, what its mission is. Sure. Our mission is to kind of be the eyes and ears for veterans and military spouses in the federal workplace. And then we take information that we find out there that's reliable information, and we uh, digest it, and we funnel that up to senior leadership for their actions. There's employee resource groups throughout the federal government. Those folks are really the boots on the ground for senior leaders if they're interested in listening to these groups. And then we become the eyes and ears for senior leaders and then provide recommendations based on our observations. And I like to say we like to take information, separate fact from fiction, because sometimes people complain just to complain, right? But sometimes there's real issues out there that nobody's addressed because it's like a shotgun effect. People are always talking about it, but nobody's doing anything about it. And what are some of the veteran issues currently now that are unique to veterans in their role as federal employees? Well, the biggest one is, first of all, getting into the federal workplace. Now, yes, we have a a large workforce. You know, there's always a turnover. But the biggest is getting people to qualify to enter the federal government once they, they leave military service. That's the biggest challenge. Right, because you have a little pushback sometimes from hiring managers aware of the veteran's preference, but yet in some cases they'll say that that's a hindrance to getting the people they really want in terms of skills. So you must be working that issue a lot also. Right. The veteran's hiring preference, you can look at it as a double-edged sword, if you will. I mean, it's a good thing for the veteran if it's used, right? And then if it's used correctly, that's even better But then there's a perception that, oh, geez, veterans get all these benefits, and and the only reason they got this federal job is because they're a veteran. What people tend to forget is that you still have to meet the minimum requirements to be considered for a position. Even though you may be a veteran, that isn't the guarantee. It's not like the golden key, right? And you yourself have had a 30-year career, two-thirds of which were as an Air Force officer, and now about nine, ten years with SBA. What did you encounter in switching from uniform to veteran status and then joining the federal workforce? Sounds like it inspired you to take on this kind of uh, extra role. And if your audience can see me, I'm smiling now because I do have a story to tell, right? And uh, when I left the Air Force, I said, I will never work for the federal government, right? I am done with the federal government. Well, guess what? After about 10 years of dealing with the private sector by doing my own consulting gigs, I realized that my passion was serving the American people. So I said, okay, I am going to go work for the federal government. It took me another 10 years to get a job with the federal government. Even though I had a master's degree, bilingual, retired military, nobody would interview me. I could not get past that process of when you first put your application in. And that's really more on me because you got to know how to speak to the federal government. You cannot speak veteran speak to a federal entity that doesn't understand your language. So that was my biggest challenge. And eventually, I So in other words, if you say, hey, listen, I need a job, stat, probably right. it's not something that's going to relate right. well. That won't resonate, right? It won't resonate. So in my case, I had met a director with the federal government, 
And I just said, hey, I'd, I'd be interested in coming to work for the federal government. Do you have any advice? A year later, I'm with the federal government. And you like it? I love it. It's my passion, right? Working for the American public and uh, understanding that we're here in continuance of that oath we took when we joined the military, you know, to defend the Constitution against all enemies, foreign and domestic, and to serve the American public in the best way we can. And who better? Of course, I'm prejudiced because I'm a veteran. But who better to serve the American public than veterans that are signed up when they sign on the dotted line to give their lives in the cause of this country? And now we would like you to come and work for the federal government. We're speaking with Lloyd Calderon. He's chairman of the Interagency Veterans Advisory Council and a senior business opportunity specialist at the Small Business Administration when you're not doing council work. And so every year there's a pretty massive, almost 100-page report on the status and condition of veterans in the government. And you've got a couple of recommendations headed, I believe, to OPM in the most recent report, which came out on Veterans Day. What issues do you see and what are you recommending? The key is they're just recommendations. And I like to think that our recommendations will get people to start asking questions. For instance, why is it that the senior executive service doesn't have a good representation of disabled veterans in the Corps, right? It's a good question to ask. Well, no one knows the answer. So that's one challenge. You know, how do you transition somebody into the senior executive service Corps who are disabled veterans? And it's a good question to ask. So we, we ask senior leaders to think about those things. And hopefully somebody will say, you know, that's, that's a good question. Let's have a conversation about that. Another one is, of course, the issue dealing with military spouses, right? Military spouses are an amazing group of folks who sacrifice for their military spouse and are not rewarded with some considerations when it comes to federal employment. Yes, there are some hiring authorities that deal with that. But we still have the issue of how do we transition from here to here as seamlessly and as painlessly as possible. So when a spouse has to leave her job or his job to PCS to do a permanent change of station with their military spouse, we need to do a better job of ensuring that that sacrifice is recognized and accommodations made to make that much more easier transition. All right. And I had another question. If one is a federal employee and has been there a while and a veteran comes into that agency, what is the best way for a existing person to mentor the veteran such that he or she can get inculcated and get comfortable working in the agency? And that person, the mentor, may not be a veteran, but they do know the way around the government. So what's the best way to interact there so everybody gets something positive out of the relationship? Great question. Uh, and I think it falls back on these employee resource groups. Get engaged with an employee resource group at your organization if you have one. If you don't, then think about starting one. And number two, find a mentor. And we're actually having an initiative for this year coming up where we're creating a mentorship program. Now, there's mentorship programs already out there, uh, but this one will be specifically focused on veterans so that when they, and let me step back a sec, before they enter the federal workplace, we want to engage them with a federal employee who's agreed to mentor them so that when they start applying and start interviewing, they're not doing so from a flat-footed perspective. They've got somebody who's been in federal service that says, okay, you got to do your resume this way, and you have to speak like this, and you have to answer the questions like that. 
So I think that'll lend itself tremendously to help folks come on board, meet the requirement, and then be able to sell themselves effectively. I used to be a recruiter, and it's always about selling, right? And we don't want to sell the steak, but let's sell the sizzle. So when I want to come on board, I have a lot of skills. I have hard skills. I have soft skills. And I ought to be able to, to communicate that effectively to whoever's interviewing me. So I think the biggest thing is let's find mentors, bring them on board, connect them with veterans, as well as those that are thinking about coming into the federal workplace, and help them connect those dots that they're not connecting. Lloyd Calderon is chairman of the Interagency Veterans Advisory Council and a senior business opportunity specialist at the Small Business Administration. Thanks so much for joining me. It's a pleasure. Thank you for having me. And we'll post this interview along with a link to the council's latest report at federalnewsnetwork.com slash Federal Drive. Hear the Federal Drive on demand. Subscribe at Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your shows. This episode is brought to you by Zelle. Whenever you're sending money through an app or online, it's important to do it safely. Here are a few helpful tips. First, always make sure you know and trust the person you are sending money to. Second, confirm you have entered their contact details correctly. And finally, if you don't trust the person or your recipient is rushing you to send money right away, think twice before sending money through an app or online. Grab a 30-day free trial of Live by Live Plus and you'll get unlimited skips, commercial-free music, and all of the podcasts and live streaming events you can handle. Visit livexlive.com slash podcast one to learn more and start your free trial.